137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, episode number 57. We're, we're going to hit that 60 mark right around our two-year anniversary, I think. Woo! Yay! <laughs> How's everybody been? I've uh, been good. Pretty good. I uh, loved, loved, loved the paranormal movie I watched. Well, Hell I yeah. watched one, and then I watched another one tonight, and the one I watched tonight was freaking insanely terrible oh my god like i didn't expect oh, really? anything else i wouldn't watch that truth or dare movie and oh like, gosh and yeah. like it's it's one of them like you know it's gonna be bad i don't i don't know it's yeah weird. but uh like i i know what you did last summer bad or uh that other uh was what was that uh oh you know like the one about the uh this is like in the same realm of, urban legend bad see i like both of the movies them ones were oh. were okay for that time period but like yeah. now like we're it, this is like the movies like Unfriended and stuff like that. <laughs> right. And it's made by the same people, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, it's it goes to that demographic of like 15 to 18-year-olds yeah. who don't really want an R-rated horror movie. They'd rather just have OMG moments yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Which, and, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a very popping demographic yeah. right now. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like... We we need a good horror movie now and then. And we got and one. <laughs> I all, we did, man. I despise ninety five percent of PG thirteen horror movies, and I was surprised by the Unborn. Do you guys remember yeah, the remember Unborn a while back? It was good. That yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. So you're not a fan yeah. of the Insidious movies, and man, I want to be. I love I'm going to give them a shot again. I just, yeah. I just, I liked. I, I like the first two, mm-hmm. but then like uh, like the new one that they have out right now, like Keys or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you've dragged it out too long. Did you watch so, it though? Yeah, I haven't yet. Yeah, I think I think that uh, like they're okay. So like everybody like knows the Saw. Everybody jokes about it. Oh, they have ten fucking Saw movies, you know. And like and and while it is kind of ridiculous, but you got to think from like a standpoint of like storytelling how they tie all them in together and still make them make sense. And they're going to continue to do that because they are so successful. Insidious for me was the same way. I really liked one and two. I loved them. I'm a real big tiny Tim fan. And then putting that song tiptoe through tulips is amazing. (laughs) Um, And that may have actually made that franchise to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, so then they had the insidious. I can't remember the girl with like, the casts on her legs and then the trailer, she breaks her legs back for it. It's creepy, but, uh, that one, that yeah. one was okay. But like this new was new one, uh, the last key or whatever. I just, I just picked it up last weekend and I watched it and watching them tie all them movies in together. And there's certain things that happen in that. Cause it tells the story of, uh, the lady, I can't remember her name. Um, the old, mm-hmm. I always call her Magna from, there's something about Mary, that lady. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about. Um, Elise, that's her name. And so it shows like her kind of like origin story about how she became oh, yeah. a communicator with, with the dead. And, yeah. and then they tie that into the previous movies, especially the first one. And that was really, really cool. Like I, I respect when movies keep going on for sequel, 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 just a saga uh-huh. of movies. I respect when they, 
tie them all in together, even though, because, you know, you got all these Jason movies and Freddy movies and stuff, and some of them are kind of yeah. like just like all over the place. But then when they can tie all of them together, that's why I respect Saw so much. But yeah, that's a good point, man. I complain a lot about these franchise horror movies like The Conjuring and all those. But I mean, we do have about 15 different Jason movies, which I adore them. So, I mean, maybe I'm just a curmudgeon old bastard. <laughs> but the movie we were talking about but, earlier that was great is The Quiet, yeah, is the quiet Place. Let's just, and let's just get into it. Let's just do the last part of the show first. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Why not? Let's get the what have you been watching stuff out of the way. Yeah, and what's it called, Steve? What's this movie? A Quiet Place. Yes, John Krasinski's directorial debut, right? Yeah, and I think he wrote some of it too. I think he he repinned part of it, from what I was understanding. Yeah. He took a script and kind of repinned part of it, but yeah, yeah, acted and and directed and, and co wrote. We could call that. Maybe. And the and the crazy thing is, is that is that John Krasinski is he hasn't like when he went and I just learned this because I was watching like I was like, dude, I was so obsessed with this movie, so. Basically, uh, before he used Brennan Fraser's clone, yeah. <laughs> before <laughs> before he went on to the office, like the office was such a huge, a huge success. But when they first started casting for that, he worked, he worked in Pennsylvania and he was just like, um, he was a waiter. Like, I think his story and Chris Pratt's story are so interesting to me because they were just nobodies. Like they didn't really have any yeah. acting, acting um knowledge really and they like dude was like a waiter and then he took he took a job or um he took an audition for the mm -hmm. office and they liked him so much that they casted him as Jim and do you know that actually in the very beginning Jim and Dwight's characters were reversed yeah, and yeah. Krasinski was supposed to play Dwight yeah yep yep that's crazy and man like i can't imagine <laughs> right it's so weird it's so weird to think so you see like John John like uh, being in that show and Jim's such an amazing character and like that's all you really know him from like he, he's yeah. been in other movies and like little rom-coms and he was in that like uh, military movie um, yeah he I think he's a Jack Reacher on one of the yeah. Amazon Prime <laughs> yeah, right, Jack Reacher right. movies or whatever yeah. yeah but there was another one with the Benghazi stuff and um, but like I don't know like he's definitely got talent but then yeah. like I don't know I'm loving this this whole like, oh, hey, we got a comedy dude. Let's see what he can do with a horror movie. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, Get Out was a massive massive, massive success. Yeah. And then yeah, you have this movie yeah. being a success. So it even makes me more excited for Halloween in October because um, giving Danny McBride, who we all know is just being this, like, slapstick, dick and fart joke dude. Like, yeah. I want to see what he can do with it. Like, I think that this is a, a good way for people to show that people have – extra talent than just being the funny guy, you know, like, yeah, that was the great thing about Jordan Peele is the fact that, I mean, he did great things for African-American directors and writers and everything mm -hmm. else as a whole. I think he's fantastic and he did a lot of amazing things. Yeah. And, but he also bringing back the mm -hmm. twilight zone shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. He's bringing back twilight yeah. zone, but he, he really paved the way for just, like you said, comedians to not be typecast. They're like, Oh, he's the funny guy. He's the heel. He's the, yeah. Like you said, Dick and fart joke guy. Like, no, these people have range and they have interest. They're not, they don't just show up being that yeah, funny guy and that's all they do. Because you look at like uh, two prime examples is Jim Carrey's the number 23 and mm -hmm. then yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. the final, or was the final cut or no, one hour photo with Robin Williams. Oh, and like me. that yeah. movie is like amazing. And yeah. And like I love like not just for acting, but when you start putting them into the writer's seat or the, you know, the creative director, like that's just so cool to me. Yeah. But the oh, quiet yeah. place, like, um, 
I went and seen it, and 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 I was pretty stoked for. It. I watched like two trailers, um, right before the movie. The night before the movie, I did watch the newest trailer, and it did show the monster. Um, oh bummer! Which kind of which to me wasn't that that disappointing because I I went into watching the trailer. I was like, okay, I know what this movie's gonna be. Um, it's gonna be intense, whatever. But like, I have never mm-hmm. been in a movie in a movie theater before. To where when I left that movie, my um, <laughs> my 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 palm of both of my hands from gripping my fingers into my hands and my forearms from from being tense, like my shit hurt after the movie, and like that's never happened to me. And like the entire movie, like I was, you know, most times when we go to movies, Sean will will you know throw a little jab, you know, we'll like we'll, we'll, we'll like throw little jabs, you know, like laugh about something. Oh yeah, we're always quipping. Yeah, yeah we're those dudes. You know, we yeah, we did that like on you know. Um, Everything we've watched, yeah, again. yeah everything. And uh, <laughs> but like this dude, like there, it was. It's, it's just, it's so crazy how much sound because that's all the movie's about. Um, is there with hardly any speaking in the movie, and there's just so much voice yeah. in that movie. Like it's crazy, fucking crazy. Yep. I, Preston, you have you guys gone to see it yet? No, we're gonna wait to next weekend when we don't have the kids and ah. uh, go check it out in the AMC. Sweet. Oh, okay, cool, Sweet. man. Yeah, it's and it's it's one of the movies, man. Like I know I say it's a lot about movies, uh, but it's you have to see it in theaters. Like there's no, yeah. Like my friend, he told me he's like he's like yeah, I got that bootleg and and we watched it last night and I'm like and I'm not a person that's like oh you're ruining cinema by bootlegging whatever. Um, mm-hmm. to each their own, but like I with that movie, like you have to see it in theaters. Like it is a mm-hmm. it is a spectacular movie to see in theaters. Yeah, it's kind of like Get Out. I mean, Get Out it was good. Preston, you watched it in a hotel, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's I think it it it's not as pivotal to see it in a theater, mm-hmm. but the just the um the political tone it took and the social commentary it took and being in a theater full of multiracial viewers like. It was worth seeing in theaters because of just that unrest and that like fucking cringy like oh god do I I fucking do I do laugh that? Oh, do shit. I shit yeah do I, do I get do I get sad like it was crazy like yeah. I totally because totally you relate to it like oh that's shitty man these people are so racist and then you're like oh fuck sometimes I th- do I think that way oh yeah. god but that's that's the way he wanted the movie to be though then that's, oh for sure yeah yeah and I and. Uh, it's just like there's certain movies you guys see in theaters. Like I'm like I know you just got a free copy of Greatest Showman, and hell yeah, I get my copy on Friday, which I can't wait. But I I've watched it at my at my house before the DVD or the Blu-ray came out. But um, I love it still. But it's nothing compared to the experience I had in the theater. Like it's nothing. Yeah. And there's certain movies you got to see in theaters, and I really believe right. A Quiet Place is one of them. Yeah, it's awesome. Preston, I can't wait for you guys to go see it and see what you think. Yeah. Like, Shayla and I liked it. There were times where, like, I'm like, ow, my hand, because, like, she was gripping it so hard, but yeah. I was gripping her knee. <laughs> and, and another thing is we're, we're too, is that, like, um, I mean, no spoilers, Preston, but, I mean, you have children, so, like, and you know it's about a dude and his children and his wife, so, like, it's yeah. interesting to see how people handle, like, how it reacts to people differently who have children and don't have children. You know what I mean? So like the person I went with did have children and, um, like there were tears like, you know, and like, and, and just like even more stress, like I couldn't believe it. So like, I don't know, man, that, like I told you guys in the text, I was like, that movie fucked me up. It did. I I couldn't drive after that movie for like 10 minutes. I had to, I had to, I had to grip myself. It was crazy. (laughs) That's never happened to me before in a movie ever since, uh, other than, uh, 
fire in the sky. So like oh, I've never shit, yeah. I've never been that that like just tensed after watching a movie. So see when I watched uh don't breathe in theaters. The, the I don't want to call it a horror as much, but it is like a suspense horror movie, mm-hmm. mental horror. Like that one had me gripping, and like I was, I had times where I was like, "Oh, I got to breathe, shit," because I was holding my breath because some of that shit was just so intense. Right. But yeah, I mean, Quiet Places. It's good. That's a good movie, man. It's a it is solid, giving me faith, man. And the, the, Get out. And the, the crazy thing is, is another thing is. Is I always tell myself like I'll always go see every single alien movie in in theaters. Like I don't care if it's yeah. in space, if it's on Earth, another planet, whatever. But like, I didn't consider this movie an alien movie, even though right. they never. Yeah, to me, it was. They never really yeah, say go, where where the the. Well, don't 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 spoil it. Don't spoil it. Well, I, I won't. I'm just saying like they never say like. You obviously know there's something. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying so you could you could say they handle the origin pretty well. Yeah, yeah. They, like they never yeah. really you know. You don't really know. And I like that. Usually I'm kind of like butthurt about that. Like, oh, you didn't tell me what I wanted to know. But in this, like, I can give a shit less about the creature. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. They don't they don't waste an hour and 45 minute movie with half an hour of backstory like scientists and oh, the comet is coming towards the Earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they just fucking they get into it like you. Boom, we're in. Yeah. And you they give you adequate uh, adequate information. Without like just boring you to death with like, I don't know, because it's it's not he's not reinventing the wheel in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it's movies like this have been done before with the threat that they're facing, but also he knew that I think, and he's just like, well, I I mean I've got thirty years of creature features explaining you know how monsters come to Earth or yeah. how monsters came out of the Earth or however whatever happens. So I mean, he's and, not really wasting much time. And yeah, and I think that's the same way with like Cloverfield. Is Cloverfield, while a shaky cam, like they never really told you anything about yeah. the, the 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 creature, and then you know all this shit's happening, and then you have Cloverfield Lane, and then you have the Cloverfield Paradox, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, and yes, all three of the movies do tie in together, Preston. But the <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know. Like I love I love that shit, man. I love I love alien movies. I love uh, horror, whatever you want to call it, suspense and. And like that, I just I don't know, man. I I'm, yeah. I love it. I cannot wait to get that movie and just watch the behind the scenes and and how you because he he that's another thing he said in an interview. He said that like the Blu-ray will be chucked full of like just oh, just shit fire, yeah, just great stuff because it's like the filming the movie was so intense because you had to you you couldn't you couldn't talk. So like people were all the kids and the two adults were so into the roles. That they just yeah. stopped talking. So, like, when they would do behind yeah. the scenes stuff, they just, blah, 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 you know, just talk, talk, talk. So, like, uh, yeah, they, like you're right. It is, it is a movie based on a lot of emotion because, mm-hmm. and that's that <laughs> pun, it speaks volumes about those actors, especially the kids, man. Yeah. And the one young lady, she actually is in, de- she's deaf in real life, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And so that's pretty badass, yeah. man. Like, she did a pretty good job and they all did a good job. Are you talking about uh, Dustin from Stranger Things, Twin Sister? <laughs> Thanks. I couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure out where that was. Yeah. But yes, you nailed it. Looks it. Just it's like, been bugging it looks me. just like him. It's like damn. It's bugging me. But. Shit, Preston. We hijacked this first part. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's that's fine. I was gonna bring up like when you're talking about like uh, watching like you know get out in the theater and like having like those reactions. And yeah. Like you're, you're around this crowd, and uh, we were Jeffrey, Jason, and I went to go see uh, Stephen King's It. 
And oh, yeah. That, uh, that scene where, like, Richie says, like, fucking Christ or, like, fuck Christ. Yeah. All three of us, you know, we're in the Bible Belt in Kansas, but all three of us were busting up laughing, like, because that's something me and Jason say all the time. Yeah. And it's like the whole theater was silent. Yes. And the three of us were like busting up laughing. I'm like, God, yes. I feel like a total jackass right yeah. now. <laughs> that was like me and Sean in Sausage Party. We're like oh, watching fuck. the whole movie. We're laughing, whatever. And then like, there's like one part where the guy was like, says something. And he's like, oh, fuck me, right? And me and Sean just like laugh. Like no one else. Everybody looked yeah. at us like, what the fuck? Like it was like obnoxious guffaw laughing yeah. too. Like, was, nobody got it. Yeah. <laughs> and there was some things like that in uh, Ready Player One as well. Like just like oh yeah, shit, oh, like you know freaking out. But oh yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, I you know when we went and saw uh, Fright Night at Horror Fest this year, um, I, I I heard Leaf talking to somebody or somebody asked him later. You know after like a month down the road how it went, and he's like, yeah, you know it was really great. It's a couple movies where like uh, you know there were some people in the audience that just kept talking and having jabs and one liners, and it got a little old, and I'm like. We sat behind Leaf for a pretty good chunk of those movies. Yeah. It was probably us. <laughs> but I think I think with I think with that though, like when you're watching retro movies, like yeah. I don't know, man. Like especially a movie like Friday Night, because that was like my first time sitting through the whole thing. Like I've seen clips uh-huh. and stuff like that. And like it's just a fun movie. Like yeah, something like Suspiria, movie. like that was more like or the Dead Zone. Like then were two yeah. movies. We didn't say shit during those yeah, movies, right? Yeah, they were like more intense movies, but like yeah. something we have like a respect for the arts. Yeah, I like to think. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like I, I love. Uh, I don't know. I think yeah, in yeah. movies, yeah, the general rule: don't talk. But I think that there's like, I don't know. As long as you're not, you're just like whispering a little one liner here or there. It's okay. Yeah, you're not just yeah. like talking through the whole one, pulling out your phone, texting, and calling people, ordering pizza, shit like that. Yeah. But like, oh shit. Okay, so I think, and this is going to make a lot of sense with our overall topic. Let's just do everything backwards because we mentioned paradoxes earlier with Cloverfield, and our main subject tonight kind of has to do with paradoxes. So I say we just do this puppy backwards. Let's jump into the main topic. Yeah, sweet. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. That's fun. Okay, so. Um, this is exciting. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. On a recent episode, we were talking about time travel and the age old question came up of if you had a time machine, would you go back in time and kill Hitler? And most of us are aware this question is, I mean, as old as time itself. And the question of should we go kill Hitler is synonymous with time travel talk. I don't think there's any way to really get around that. Would you guys agree or disagree? I'd agree. agree. Okay. So on episode 55 recently, we read a listener comment or a listener opinion or whatever. Basically, uh, we had a listener write in and Preston shared us the uh, with us the comments. And we discussed Mr. Gracie, we'll call him, and his thought on the causality paradox. What happens if you go back in time and kill Hitler? What exactly is going to happen? And so we asked him and he basically said with causality, um, if you were to go back in time and kill Hitler, um, changing something in the past, the butterfly effect, um, the ripples would go through time and change all of the future. And then you yourself um, and time potentially itself will be undone because everything happens for a reason and everything is an echo of what happened in the past. So essentially he said, you know, if you go to kill Hitler, um, rippling through the future, you yourself would be undone. Time is undone. You wouldn't have to have gone back in time because there was no Hitler and it makes us this really disgusting paradox. 
And stupidly, I came up with the idea of, hey, I'm going to challenge this guy real quick and be funny and say, if you went back in time, what if you didn't destroy yourself, but instead you became the villain yourself? You became Hitler because of your vast knowledge of what happens in the future. And I may or may not have chosen the incorrect words and said, this is our first, (laughs) (laughs) this is our first listener battle. So first off, if I had a time machine, I don't think I'd go back and kill Hitler. I'd probably go back and stop myself from calling this a listener battle (laughs) because (laughs) the problem we have essentially here is a battle's not the right word for it. A battle would insinuate that I'm trying to prove Mr. Gracie wrong and he himself is trying to prove me wrong and and Steven because Steven, you got roped into this because of proximity. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's what happens when you're in the back seats. Right. So essentially with this topic, it's not I'm right, you're wrong. It's more of a friendly debate. Because calling it a battle, I think, or an argument, this is essentially two or three of us standing on a hill pissing into the wind, uh, just swinging dicks, basically trying to prove who knows more about the same topic that we uh, all are in love with and know a lot about. So I shouldn't have worded it like that um, because, again, we're not trying to prove each other wrong. But number one, we all greatly appreciate uh, you, Mr. Gracie, and your input and 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 going along with all this. And – Steve, you made the comment a while back that what makes podcasting fun um, to you and overall is listener involvement, right? For sure. Yeah. Stories and comments and people writing in and people seeing us on the street or meeting us for the first time. Pretty fantastic. And this is what's a lot of fun. And even though I'm a little regretful for challenging him (laughs) in a way, um, I'm pretty stoked that it's unraveled in this way. And so I asked him, I said, what happens now? What if you go back in time? And if you kill Hitler, do you get trapped and become Hitler yourself? And I basically said, balls in your court. So Mr. Gracie has generously responded to us. And um, Preston, you packaged this up so nicely for the listeners and for Stephen <laughs> and I to hear. So let's go ahead and real quick, let's play Mr. Gracie's response to my question and then we'll, uh, we'll come back and talk about that a little bit here. Pixelated Paranormal presents Listener Battles. From Battlemaster Gracie. Okay, so to the first point made about what happens to you if, despite the paradox, you do indeed kill Hitler. What happens to you? Well, I'm not a time traveler, so I don't know. So either everything unravels because you broke the law of theoretical time physics, or we move into the realm of multiverse or many worlds theory. So when it comes to the subject of multiverse, there are so many different theories that it gets jumbled and confusing. To simplify, you got folks that believe in a bubble or pocket universe that all exist side by side, but they aren't the same universe copy and pasted with infinite differences. Then you've got guys that believe there are infinite dimensions with infinite timelines. So let's say this morning you ate a cinnamon toast crunch, but you could have only had Cheerios. Only Cheerios are disgusting, so you ate the good shit. Well now there's a dimension where despite hating Cheerios, you made the decision to eat them anyways. And there's actually a dimension where you actually liked Cheerios and ate them and loved it. There's a dimension where you said, fuck it, and skip breakfast, and so on. 
and so on into infinity. The problem with the guys who support the infinite dimensions approach is anytime they are confronted by a problem that creates a paradox or a logical solution, they just say, well, now you spit your timeline and exist in a new dimension where it all makes sense for no reason, other than it fits our theory. All this is to say, if you buy into infinite dimensions, upon killing Hitler, you fracture your timeline and continue on a new path. Your old dimension probably continues, maybe without you in it. Maybe it corrects itself. Maybe it implodes because you just had to fuck with space-time laws. Who knows and who cares? You're on a whole new timeline. See how stupid the infinite dimension theories are? Test your might. To the second point. About killing Hitler only to become Hitler. That's an interesting theory called the bootstrap paradox, where two points in time are codependent and would actually support this. So imagine you know about Hitler, decide to go back in time to kill him. And when you get there you succeed, but then realize so much good happened because the world responded to the evil Hitler embodied. So you then live out the remainder of your life in the past living Hitler's life and doing what he did to keep the timeline intact. Or maybe you get back in time and realize there was no Hitler and that you can't live without the realization so you fill that role and become the evil man you've learned about forever trapped in an infinite loop where you go back in time to kill the man your future self had become and then fill that role. And in order for a loop like that to exist, it has to have always been since the start of your existence. I hope this makes some kind of sense. It's more confusing than trying to apply it to the kill Hitler scenario. Actually, Doctor Who, of all people, summarized it nicely. You love Beethoven's fifth symphony. More than anything, you've memorized every note, every movement. You go back in time to meet Beethoven only to learn he doesn't exist. But you know it so well that you compose the fifth symphony yourself. The symphony you current self loves is one written by your future self traveling to the past. So where did it come from? Again, infinite loop with both points and time being codependent. Finish him. So, to wrap it all up, the laws of space-time would probably prevent you from doing something to break space-time unless, of course, 15-year-old Preston goes to school and learns about Hitler, who was actually 45-year-old Preston who invented time travel in order to go kill Hitler, only to find out he must become Hitler to keep the loop going and space-time intact and unscathed. BOOM! The ball's in your court, Sean and Steve. Flawless victory. <laughs> well done, editing that, Preston. That was yeah, awesome. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. So apparently, I'm Hitler. That's what I got. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, case in point, yeah. I think you made a valid point, Preston, or should we call you Adolf? Yeah. I, uh... So... What about what about the uh, dimension or reality where uh, I I just like all breakfast foods, and all cereals? <laughs> I mean, if you if you want to be in that reality, buddy, it's not a reality I want to be in. I I want to be in the reality where I'm like fuck breakfast. <laughs> and Rob wants to be in the reality where he fucks breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it's only funny because he's not here, right? Um. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I essentially asked uh, him, Mr. Gracie, if you go back and kill Hitler and you become the new villain, what then? 
So first of all, thanks, man. Um, we really appreciate that. That's awesome insight. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna set the ball down and call a tie game because I don't think we should go swinging these dicks anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, because ultimately it, it comes down to like we're arguing or debating theories in a way. And these theories are based on magic and, and hypotheticals and math and everything else to a topic that is make-believe as of right now. So really it's a rabbit hole that's going to go 20, 30 episodes if we keep it up. So um, I think I think the smart thing to do is kind of elaborate a bit on what Gracie said because it kind of goes right along with the reasons I had to asking, hey, if you become Hitler yourself, what happens then? So what I meant really by all that is hypothetically what would happen if you went back to kill Hitler and you got trapped back in time and then while you're there, I mean with your unrivaled knowledge of the future, what happens, how World War II plays out um, with technology and everything else, um, insider trading, uh, the way things swing politically, like you could be a pretty – hard force to rival you'd be a pretty unstoppable juggernaut and then you yourself would become basically like the 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 bad guy in the story mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of a play on the old adage of you either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain but essentially my idea is you go back in time far enough to become the villain so i think essentially like like you were saying a little bit gracie uh, but to elaborate more, you either kill him and the ripple spreads so far into the future, you undo your timeline, um, the butterfly effect or chaos theory or whichever one you want to you want to call it. And then essentially you could cease to exist because the paradox says, you know, what if your parents went to dinner one night and they talked about their distrust and, and their disdain? What if your great grandparents went back to dinner after World War Two and they're like, oh, I really hate that Hitler guy. Oh, you hate Hitler, too. And then, boom, they made your grandparents, your grandparents made you and blah, blah, blah. So if the conversation never happened because Hitler never existed, you ultimately never existed or however butterfly effect, basically, you know, the magic behind that, however it works. Mm-hmm. But let's say you went back in time and you did all that kind of stuff. And this is more my question. And you killed Hitler. You managed to get behind him and you stuck him in the neck, you know, Game of Thrones style. Like what's her name? Ariana? Arya Stark? Or Arya. The girl that has Arya. Yeah. Ariana. Or you, (laughs) Ariana, you choked him or you shot him or whatever. And you killed this dude. But you're basically going to be stuck in Germany no matter what if you don't undo time completely. Because essentially you talked a little bit more about the multiverse and the multi um, dimensions. You're in the past. You're in Nazi-occupied Germany. You killed Hitler. It doesn't mean that universe or that dimension you're now in ceases to exist. It continues to go forward. So what happens if you get stuck in Germany and you can't get back? Well, essentially, I think what happens is you're in Nazi-occupied Germany. You just killed the one person who meant more than anybody to these people. You just killed their most beloved political figure and also their favorite military leader. And it quickly becomes a battle royale where you're one person versus a country or several countries. And so basically the answer is you do die. (laughs) You are your own unraveling, but not because you changed the future – you just, you know, you killed Hitler and now nobody likes you. But then, I mean, let me throw this curveball at everybody. What if you went back in time to kill Hitler? But what if you failed? 
And I don't know if that's something that we talked about a lot because we always talk about and, and the, the main paradox is always, oh, you kill Hitler and then you change the whole future and you don't exist no more. What if you went back in time and you mustered up the cojones and you get right behind him and then you just fuckered it all up? Mm-hmm. You're about to stab him in the neck and you're, you take a deep breath and all of a sudden you go, <coughs> oh, God, and you choke on a spit bubble. And then Hitler turns around and says, ah, nine, and then he shoots you. Or, you know, you sneeze as you're approaching him. Or God forbid, it's the quietest it's ever been. Your next move depends. Fart. <laughs> yep. <laughs> your, your next move determines the fate of the universe. And all of a sudden, you let the tiniest, smallest little toot out. Not even a fart, but a toot because it's so cute. And he turns around and he hears it. And you just completely blow it. So how with with what you're saying though is like when you look at like the Terminator movies where mm-hmm. Skynet sends Terminators to come eliminate Sarah or John Connor because they lose mm-hmm. the resistance blah 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 blah. So like when they fail, they keep sending them back. Mm-hmm. Like so, if you failed, would you cease to exist in the other in the other the past or the previous or whatever the future or whatever. I mean, that, so that goes into the whole idea of pockets and bubble dimensions and universes and stuff like that. I That's mean, why we have so many Terminator movies where the timelines don't matter. <laughs> right. I mean, who came first, John Connor or Kyle Reese? I mean, there had to be a timeline where Kyle Reese didn't know John Connor and, you know, yeah. like that, that can, whole storyline, like, what the fuck? Preston dropping the Terminator knowledge. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of, because let's just say we live in Earth One. And Earth One's Preston or Gracie or me or Steven, we go back in time. Earth One continues to kind of go forward, but are you in Earth Two essentially if we're talking about dimensions? So I don't know what really happens to your timeline depending on which of the, you know, 14 different paradoxes you want to believe. But I mean, you're, you're at least Sean One in Earth Two and you continue to go forward. But if, if you don't undo, if you don't unravel your, your Earth's current state, then they go on without you, essentially. You know, it's like, oh, fuck, well, we lost him. Well, now what happens? So I don't know. I, a lot of times I don't think that we really get to the bottom of that uh, that rabbit hole. And, I mean, there are, there's mathematical formulas and there's paradoxes that explain it and there's books and there's probably fan fiction and everything else that explains it. But um, so you, you, you drop a – you blow it the chance or the fart or whatever. And then Hitler overpowers you. And now you're in a gulag or he sends you to the quote showers and you cease to exist no matter what. But then Hitler has all this shit you came with. So imagine if you went back in time to kill Hitler and he captures you, he kills you or whatever else. And then he pulls out your iPhone eight plus and he's like, holy shit. And let's just pretend you don't have it on a screen lock. You basically went back in time and gave one of the worst people in history the most powerful device they've ever seen. Like they've never even dreamed of it. You you handed him a device that not only can watch cat videos on, but also is more powerful than like the rockets they hadn't even developed yet for the space race. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like what kind of shit would that rain down on Earth 2's future? 
I mean, he don't give him a charger, I guess. So <laughs> super Nazis. Yeah, it could be, man. It could be Apple. It could be I Nazis. <laughs> but I mean, like that's that's just one scenario. Like you you dropped him. You he basically got some kind of tech or something off of you, which then alters the next future. So I mean, good for you. You're dead, so you don't have to sustain it. But just think about like how the future goes forward if Hitler then has that much more tech. Or, I mean, <laughs> you also have the idea that, you know, he overpowers you, he throws you in a jail, and then he finds your car keys and he pushes the button and you hear beep, beep, and he's like, oh, shit, is that a time machine? You just gave Hitler a time machine to then go forward into the future. And so just think of like a man with his charisma and his ideals going into the future where people still want that guy and still have some of his beliefs. Like, what if he just shows up and basically makes World War Three because he's like Uber Hitler? Um, like there's they sent a Jason movie, to space. There's a movie of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, What's it called? Do you know? I believe it's called. Yep. Look who's back. Um, mm. He's back mm. again. German. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Look yeah. who's back. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Adolf Hitler, and he gets basically. Sorry, I'm trying to find this real quick. Um. Berlin 2014, Adolf Hitler wakes up in a park where his former wartime bunker would stood. As he wanders disoriented through the city, he interprets modern situations and things from a Nazi perspective. Everyone he meets, mm -hmm. he meets assumes that he's an actor attempting to ask directions to the Reich's <laughs> chancellery. Hitler is told by a mime to find his own spot and pepper sprayed by a terrified young mother. He arrives <laughs> at a newspaper, newspaper kiosk and Friedi that is 2014, he faints dead away. So... Yeah, I keep hovering over that one and never oh, like I'm committing to it. it. Now. Shit. He learns about the internet and uses the web to prepare to re his return to politics. Oh. While on the air, Hitler Hitler presents his old plans for an eth ethnically homogeneous fascist state, but he unintentionally becomes a big comedy hit. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. I remember. I gotta watch. I remember now. like starting that, but not finishing it. But yeah. It sounds like it could be all right. Yeah. Releasing. Like it's one of those, you know, you have, you have your list on Netflix and you've got 48 different things on it and you have not watched 44 of them. <laughs> you hover over them all. And you're like, no, it's just not really scratching the itch. I think I'll just watch Parks and Rec for the fourth time. Right. <laughs> well, okay. So yeah, what happens then? I mean, Hitler goes forward. What if Hitler gets in the time machine and he goes forward in the future and he pops back out and he's like, hey, it's me, uh, Mr. Gracie. <laughs> I just went back in time and killed Hitler. What if Hitler went forward in the future and started posing as you? How shitty Ooh. would that be? But yeah, so I mean, that's that's the thought I had of, you know, what happens? What happens? Well, we can elaborate more because you can always elaborate more. Um, about the causality paradox, basically meaning the butterfly effects, the only thing I would argue going further with Mr. Gracie here is you mentioned on your first set of comments that if you go back in time, you can't really touch anything. You can't do anything. You can only leave footprints. But I don't think you could even leave footprints because with the butterfly effect story, they had specially designed uh, platforms you had to walk on. Because, I mean, even leaving a footprint in the dust, whether you stepped on the butterfly or you just left a weird boot print that says, like, you know, Nike Air Jordans and it's World War II. What happens to your future if a young Adolf Hitler discovered your footprints and then this turned him off course of his predetermined path and then he became like an archaeologist and blah, blah, blah. Then you inadvertently prevent him from going forward. 
So really, he never becomes the monster that we needed. And I'll get back to that in a second. But I mean, that, of course, changes the idea that everything's on a predetermined path. So I think going forward, we're going to talk a little bit about an episode of Twilight Zone because Twilight Zone was fantastic. And they talk about this and they talk about what happens if you went back in time to change the course of history. But no matter what you did, you know, nothing worked. And so on episode 10, season four of Twilight Zone, there's an episode called No Time Like the Past, I think. And this dude goes back in time to stop Hiroshima and to stop Hitler and to stop it's a submarine I can't think of from blowing up or whatever. And everything this dude does is just failure after failure. And he soon learns that, well, no matter what I do, the past is going to be the past and it's a predetermined path that it'll always take. This is called the predestination paradox. And so in true ironic, you know, Rod Serling um, fashion, he decides that nothing's going to work and he goes back in time to like the 1880s into this little bitty town and he decides to retire to a peaceful time where there wasn't so much war and everything else. And then he realizes that back in time there was a fire and it caused the whole town to burn down. And he's like, well, shit, at least if I don't do anything, I'll at least stop the fire and I'll save this town because it's a pretty nice little place to live. And then, you know, whatever, I forget what he did. He he saved the fire, but then like he backed up and knocked over a lamp and that lamp caused a second fire and inadvertently it still burnt down the town. So basically, no matter what we do, if you believe in the predestination paradox, it's a theory that everything has a fixed event in time and no matter what you do, it's always going to happen. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I got something I want to lay on you real quick. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, we talk about like the the multiple like the string universe, like multiple dimensions and everything. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if going back in time, like in you go to kill Hitler, it technically doesn't affect anything because we are on the main timeline. That right. You go back into time or you go forward into the future mm-hmm. because you're going into an alternate dimension. You're going outside of time. That the only thing you're fucking up is that other dimension. The, our dimension, you can't change it because it's already set in stone. So the only thing that we're fucking up is just that other dimension. Right. That's that's a, that's a good point. And and that's the reason why I'm like, man, it's not. Again, it's not a ba- it's not a battle of the wits because we're <laughs> we're just going off all these theories. And well, that counteracts the string theory, and that changes the predisposition paradox. And it, I don't know. They're all great and they're all awesome ideas. But again, it's it's one guy who read the next guy's paper and thought everything looked great except for one thing, and so he changed it to suit his own desires and his own uh, thought process. Except for Stephen Hawking. He says if you travel back in time, you'll come out flat like a pancake and you'd be a blob. <laughs> well, you know Rob likes blobs. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh. Uh, R.I.P. Stephen Hawking. Um, there was another episode, coincidentally, um, now that I'm thinking about it, of Twilight Zone, and it was from the the revamped seasons that came out in like 2002. I think Forrest Whitaker hosted them instead of Rod. But there was an episode, I think episode five, and it was called Cradle of Darkness. And it talks about the same thing, going back in time and killing Hitler, which is apparently like the world's most popular pop culture uh, trife to go off of. <laughs> but um, Catherine Heigl from you know, 27 Dresses and uh, Grey's Anatomy. Or was I shooting Grey's Anatomy? Whatever. Yeah. She goes back in time to kill Hitler. And she goes far enough back in time, way past you know me thinking I'm just going to stab him in the neck uh, and then fart. She goes back in time to where he's a baby, like an infant. And I think she like she sneaks in and she steals the baby. 
And she's like, well, I guess I'll just go jump in a river. I'm going to drown Hitler. And so she jumps in the river and she kills herself, but she kills baby Hitler as well. But the the most popular thought, of course, is predisposition if you don't want to believe in the chaos theory. So she drowns baby Hitler and all is well. But then when Hitler's mom discovers that Hitler's missing, she can't bear the idea of not having a baby. So like she goes and kidnaps another infant and then raises that infant as her own. And so his head's filled with the same ideals and he has the same beliefs. And so basically like this imposter <laughs> grows up to be Hitler and Catherine Heigl did nothing to change. This, this is based off a movie. No, this is uh the re the re the first time they revamped Twilight Zone. It was in the early two thousands, and Forrest Whitaker hosted it instead of Rod Serling. Weird. That must yeah, have been that so. must have been around her her time in um that show Roswell because that was yeah like, it's probably like during her, her first, break yeah her that was her first big break. Yeah, you went you went and uh, yeah. This is so this is it. so weird to me, guys, because like literally last night we're watching all this stuff on YouTube. You know the rabbit hole. We literally watched the top 10 time travel, real time travelers. We watch uh-huh. the top 10 actors and actresses that their career has been ruined over interviews. And Catherine Heigl was in that shit. And now we're talking about time travel. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> it's jumped on my ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the hell's going it's on? Synchronicity, bro. Yeah. See, that's why you can't go back in time and fuck with it. Yeah. Just, uh, if you haven't watched dark on Netflix, mm-hmm. you need to do yourself a service and go watch. Dark. I do need yep. to watch that. Um, I got to finish it. I've watched uh, the first two episodes now. That's the one all times. in a different language, right? Yeah, it's German, I think. Cool. You'll get past that after you get to like three or four episodes because then the story just really sucks you in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't care about it. I watch all my movies and TV shit with uh, subtitles anyway. So I don't Steven watches that. all his Netflix in German. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing he does. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind uh, uh, foreign language in movies. I'm not one of them. Except uh, for the German shows. And he watches those in English. He's like, my Nazis speak American. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, yeah, basically that's an idea of predisposition. Anything that has happened will find a way to happen again. So going back and killing Hitler, you yourself just become Hitler. Or if you drown baby Hitler, there's another kid who grows up to be a Hitler. But, I mean, I got thinking deeper about this because I kind of wanted to have like a different take or a different thought. Even maybe, maybe Preston, you might call it my fatality because, and this is going to be the plot twist nobody saw coming. You could say you did not see it coming. Why go back in time and kill Hitler? Um, because he was evil incarnate. <laughs> that is a good answer. So, you got to think about Hitler, as we all do, and he literally like is maybe the number one most hated person in history. We should have Googled that. Mm. Let's, let's get our intern to Google that real quick. Number one most hated person in history. Want me to do it? Yeah, go for it, man. Um, without Hitler, we wouldn't have a lot of things that we have today. Two things that are important to look at. Number one, Hitler lost – no matter how you want to slice it and no matter what you want to say he did, and I'm not favoring this dude at all. I mean, he did a lot of really shitty things. But in the end, Hitler still lost. You know, the, the powers that be came together and we still won the war, even with, you know, everything that it cost us. He still lost. But number two, you know, be as it may, he's not the world's favorite person. 
having that monstrous of a threat caused so many great strides towards equality and acceptance, and it forged some of the most important alliances in history. And the dude is pretty shitty and did a lot of shitty things to a lot of people, especially Jews. But we needed him to play out that path I got you. for us to be where we're at in the future. Pin in that. What is it, Steve? World's most hated person. Okay. All time, according to Ranker.com, all time worst <laughs> people in history. This is all by voters. A bunch of oh, people shit. could vote on this. Were they alive, dead, I'll or do the, retired? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should probably watch what I say. Um, there, this is really great because Rob hates like top ten. Lists. Yeah, I love him, dude. I'm addicted to that shit, man. Rob can eat it. I love this type of shit. Uh, yeah. So the, I'm just gonna do the top ten, just piss Rob off. So okay, the number yeah, top one, ten most hated people in the yeah, world. Yeah. Okay, this is like I said, this is all people voting by it. Uh, number one. No, I'm gonna do ten. Let's do ten. Ten. Go ten to one. Perfect. Albert Fish. Ooh, that is insane. Yeah. The werewolf. I forgot yeah. what his name was. Oh, yeah. fuck that guy. Right the great the butt. man. Never. He's hang on a second. So Don't shit. fuck him in the butt. Yeah. Because the gray man <laughs> liked that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh. <laughs> Don't shove needles in his penis either because he liked that too. I know too much about Albert Fish. I digress. Um, This dude, uh, Herbert Norman Schwarzkopf Sr. Uh-huh. He is the superintendent of the New Jersey State Police. He's best known for the involvement in the Lindbergh kidnapping case. Ooh. So, um, Otmer Fjord von Vruschwer. I don't know who that is, but it looks like he's another German human biologist. Eugenicist <laughs> oh, <laughs> concerned primarily with racial hygiene and twin research. He's the director Ew. of the Kaiser. Yeah, I'm, I'm butchering that. Uh, he was a Nazi, Nazi scientist. Yeah. Mao Zedong. He is. Mao Zedong. Mao yeah, Zedong. Yeah. Is um, Chinese Communist Revolutionary and Founding Father of the People's Republic of China. Uh-huh. Uh, which, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. So Yeah. Um, Spark notes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I.D. Amen. <laughs> Pol Pot. Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi. And you just offended so many people. I did. I'm so sorry to uh, Osama bin Laden is number three. Uh-huh. Okay. Number number two, Adolf Hitler. Uh-huh. What? And number one, he's pretty up there. Yeah, number one, um, Joseph Stalin. Ooh, wow, interesting. Yeah. Uh huh. Because people don't think about that. Hitler was a pretty shitty dude. Stalin apparently was. <laughs> A tiny un peu worse. Yeah. That's German for a little bit. Um, okay, cool. So there you go. I completely forgot where exactly we were. Give me just a second here. And I got two two thoughts that just brewed in my head. So when you get done with yours, I'll bring up my two. Perfect, perfect. Um, hello, paradoxes and number one. And that's scrolling too far. And I'm going to leave this in. I'm not going to edit this out. That shows you how real this podcast is. I can't wait for the H.H. Holmes movie. Fuck. Okay, so blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, so we needed him to play out the path into our future. Let me say it again. I'm not personally saying I like him or the show supports Hitler. I'm just saying that our future and everything that has led up to this moment you're listening to this podcast is because of what we had to do together, what we had to accomplish to defeat Adolf Hitler. So without Hitler and, of course, the course of history, 
we might not have medical advances that we have, um, unfortunately, due to the sick and twisted experiments of the Nazis, one of the ones Stephen just mentioned on the top 10 list. Um, we wouldn't have potentially progressed as far as we have in the space race um, because even though we didn't go back in time and give him an iPhone, we kindly relocated and reemployed is a nice way to put it. A lot of German scientists and engineers to help us build our rockets, in which case we had to relocate them because, you know, we won the war. Um, basically, unfortunately, Hitler was the perfect amalgamation of hate and power and influence and propaganda and all around. You guys said it evil incarnate he was the catalyst that brought the entire rest of the world together and from him we learn basically what the threat truly means of extreme fascism and prejudice and we wouldn't have baby boomers that's true yeah look at the i mean the list will keep growing but yeah you're exactly right man uh, a lot of our strides and a lot of great things were invented by baby boomers as well and including us, right? <laughs> true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's true too because, like, um, I've been watching. This kind of ties in a little bit. What I think, well, at least, what I'm picking up what you're saying is, uh, mm-hmm. I watched that new Letterman show on Netflix. My next uh. guest needs no introduction. The latest mm-hmm. one was with Jay Z, and he interviews him and he asks him some questions about politics and mm-hmm. leader of the country, and he says that. Um, he loves the person because with that person becoming in that, in that, in that role of a leader, it makes people talk about subjects that they need to talk about. You know what I mean? And, and brings people to the light of like issues that need to be brought to light. So it's kind of like what you're saying, right? Like if Mm -hmm, he wasn't mm -hmm. there, then it wouldn't, other things wouldn't exist. We wouldn't know how to recognize that that shit's bad. You know, you know, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I mean, in a way, yeah. No matter how much terrible, <laughs> terrible things terrible. he did, terrible. Um, without him, we wouldn't be where we're at today, and that's just the irony. Um, and that's just the truth, man. You look at everything. Of course, everything in the past leads to the future, but a lot of great outcomes came from the terrible things that happened. Um, with the Nazi party and with World War II and everything that came along with it. So, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad and realize that and, and we could do an episode, maybe we will, about the, the good things that came out of the terrible things that happened with, you know, Nazi experiments and everything else. It's just a wicked, bad pile of shit. But, I mean, take the good with the bad. True. And also, I mean, a curveball. And, Steve, you kind of popped the cork early. What about Joseph Stalin? We always talk about going back in time and killing Adolf Hitler, and then Stalin's just kind of sitting there, like twisting that mustache. Did he have a gimpy arm? Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if he had a gimpy arm or not. But I mean, he's sitting there, like, what about me? Like, I did some fucked up shit too. And so that's kind of like the final thought is we're so hung up on killing Hitler with our time machine, we sometimes forget about other threats that we had. And stuff that we also had to fight against. You're right. He had a physical abnormality in his left arm, making it direct, distinctly shorter than the right. Mm-hmm. But he would and try that to real- disguise it in official portraits to not look weak. Yes. He's also got the most uh, preserved body in the world. Does he really? Yeah, he's on uh, he's on display in uh, you know like whatever their their you know 
Times Square is in it's, Russia. It's a museum they have. They're called Pickled. And uh, so they uh, they like every every so often like every couple of weeks they lower the body when the uh, the the museum is closed uh-huh. and then they undress them and they take all the chemicals out and then they pump all new chemicals back oh, in wow. they redress them and then they raise the body back up into the glass sarcophagus so that he's always on display in uh-huh. pristine condition. That's crazy. And all when that- you s- when I said it's called pickled and you're like uh huh were you just agreeing with me to go on or do you think it's really yeah. called pickled? <laughs> <laughs> It's hip too. It's not spelled pickled with an E D. It's pickle with an apostrophe and then a D. (laughs) Where the fuck do you think they got that pickled toe that's floating around on that (laughs) It's Stalin's toe. Oh, that'd be a good title for this episode. All right. It's so crazy, like uh when we like start talking about this, like you look at little facts and there's one on here is like um when he did actually have an endure a paralyzing seizure whilst alone in his bedroom. None of his guards dared to come to his aid on the fear uh-huh. of very tangible um, just getting put, you know, that he could kill him or order him to be put to death, whatever. He was later yeah. found semi-conscious by uh, the deputy commandant and mm-hmm. on the floor of the room. Like, he died within a week. Like, that's Isn't that crazy? Like, you would think, like, if yep. your leader <laughs> suffered some kind of illness, like, but you're so terrified of them that, that probably led to <laughs> right. his death. Like, it's so crazy. The real story is he had a seizure, and they're all like, fuck that guy. And yeah. then he came back, and they're like, oh, shit, you okay, man? Damn. We didn't even hear you fall out of your bed and clicking and clacking around. Shit. Crazy. Well, so, yeah, I mean, Hitler, Hitler was a shit dude, but, I mean, if you take Hitler out of the equation – Nazi Germany was still a pretty bad place that was just bubbling, like a bubbling soup of badness and hate and everything else. So, I mean, with or without Hitler, you still had some bad dudes there. And I I feel like if you killed Hitler, it's just kind of like a hydra. Like if we went back in time and took Hitler out of the equation, two more dudes would have just showed up. You know, like he wasn't the only bad dude back in time. And that comes back around to fucking Joseph Stalin. He had committed so many atrocities, too. And if you killed Hitler, who's to say that Stalin wouldn't have been the next superpowers to pop right back up? And, I mean, if we want to talk about pre-de- uh, predestination, predetermined paradoxes, if you killed Hitler, maybe maybe fate or whatever called for an, uh, just an uber monster to make everybody else come together to get you know the point across, to learn that uh, that Twilight Zone moral. And you killed Hitler and then just, the paradox pushed Stalin into his place. We still had to fight him. That that brings me up into my next my thought that I, one of them I was going to bring up uh-huh. is so wonder if like the the actual the actual nature of the universe itself wouldn't allow you to go back in time to do that right because if we think about the idea of reincarnation and how souls each lifetime have to learn a lesson and right. they have to do a certain thing in life to progress that whatever it was that Hitler's soul needed. That he had to do all those terrible things, and if you went back in time, you would screw up the progression of not only his soul, but all the other souls that Hitler affected. Ah. Oh. So you're fucking up the whole progression of like this uh, this classroom that we're all in, so the universe is like, fuck you, you can't do that. Right. And it just blinks you out of existence. Well, or stops you from going back in time. And I mean, Doc, Doctor Who and what Gracie mentioned too. Doctor Who touches on that because that was that was even the title of an episode of Doctor Who, right? With uh, with oh fuck, what was his name Rory? Rory, I believe, yeah, yeah, Rory we'll and uh, yeah, it was Pickles. 
pickles. <laughs> that was an episode called Let's Kill Hitler. But I mean, that was always, I think, whenever he got multiple uh, companions, he there, let's go kill Hitler. And he's, I just stuttered bad. Let's go kill Hitler. And he's like, no, some things you can't go back in time and change. Like some things are fixed events in time. So I'd like to think that show is built on some theories. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's there's that. Um, those are those are my thoughts, and and maybe I think some of them kind of support what Gracie was saying. Maybe some don't, but those are things to think of. And that's my curveball. Essentially, is why should you kill Hitler? I suppose. And then if, if we talk about how like you know like uh, maybe like our timeline is fixed, mm-hmm. and you know you really can't go back and change things because the universe is going to correct itself. So we talk about how gray aliens are humans from the future mm-hmm. like we fucked ourselves so much that they're coming back to fix things ah uh, yeah but wonder if it's our our destiny to get to where they're at so they're actually wasting their time and it can't be fixed oh uh, maybe maybe they're trying to draw us towards that that end game yeah. and we're just like fuck this noise these are creepy they don't have dicks they don't have vaginas they've got slits for mouths and they won't quit putting their finger in my butt and they eat green peanut butter. Yeah, they all sorts of butt stuff. Peanut butter, butt probes. They core out your cow's buttholes like they're apples. What's up with all this butthole stuff? <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, there's that. I, I suppose more time travel stuff. Who knew? Who knew? But I, yeah, I leave you with that parting thought. Why kill Hitler? Yeah, I, I don't know. I. I that probably wouldn't be the first thing I'd do. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, before Steve, before you get into your uh, your stuff, let me drop a couple awesome um, culture pop culture stuff about time travel real quick. Um, there's awesome stories, books, comics, and and all sorts of stuff. Movies. I mentioned Twilight Zone already. Um, episode five of the relaunch series called Cradle of Darkness. Um, there's a book called Primal Solution by Eric Norden. There is a comic, or it may be a graphic novel, called I Killed Adolf Hitler by a man simply known as Jason. Jason. There's a book called called Making History by Stephen Fry. I don't know if – didn't Stephen Fry have something to do with uh, Doctor Who? Yeah, Stephen Fry is a very, very popular – I don't don't know if that's the same guy or not. Um, of course, check out check out Doctor Who in general, but they do talk about Hitler, especially in the episode called <clears throat> Let's Kill Hitler. There are tons of DC Comics story arcs like The Savage Time. There are tons of Marvel comics having to do with Hitler and going back and killing Hitler. And fuck me, why worry about anything else except for Marvel comics? Captain America wouldn't be here, guys, if it wasn't for Adolf Hitler. True. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Captain America was the U.S.'s greatest propaganda tool. And, I mean, if it wasn't for Captain America fighting Adolf Hitler, if it wasn't for Hitler, guys, we wouldn't have the Avengers Infinity War coming up um, at the end of this week. So, damn. Let that marinade, Gracie. (laughs) Gotta have Cap. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm going to start calling him out for no reason from now on. (laughs) <laughs> um, and then also um, Safety Not Guaranteed that's a pretty fantastic movie mm-hmm. on Netflix doesn't have anything to do with uh, Hitler but it's awesome about time travel and of course Preston the future. yeah but well, fuck me right I wasn't even going to mention that one I figured that was going to come natural so 
Yeah, uh, Back to the Future. And of course, Preston, you landed on Dark. Dark yeah, is yeah. a pretty solid. Uh, what about, um, oh, what was that movie? Um, shit, hold on. Time, well, there's like Time Traveler's Wife, which is Time Traveler's Wife. Killer and there's the one with uh, Hugh Jackman. Um, about well, time. you're looking that up too. About time um, is fucking awesome too. Oh yeah, God, yeah. Movie's, it's a uh, killer. The fountain was the Hugh Jackman. Yeah, movie. which one was it? The Fountain. Fa- oh yeah, The Fountain. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So many good time travel yeah. movies um, to check out. And in a roundabout way, guys, no spoilers, but check out Interstellar. Yeah. Oh. Ooh, um, yeah so in my humble opinion, another very important propaganda piece. Um, check out that movie because the theories in that movie are very much real science. And I'm watching that movie thinking like, holy shit, this was your your medium to deliver this message to the masses in a non-like, hey, nerds, look at this. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, check that movie out. Pretty great, too. So, And that, that, that movie brings up a really good point about theories because mm-hmm. it primarily, you know, deals with the, the idea of black holes and what black holes are. And most of our modern take on black holes are theories. So we still don't know what they are, how they function, what will really happen. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of nerds that get together like, well, we think that this is what's going to happen if you get into a black hole. Kind of like our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch this of nerds. Guys, this is going to be a light episode, like 40 minutes. Yeah, this episode is going to be about 40 minutes. <laughs> An hour and eight minutes later. Yep. Well, Steve, why don't you uh, why don't you finish it off, man? Do you have some stuff you cool. want to chat yeah. about? Yeah, I had a couple, uh, two, two things. Um, so like I said, I was the other night I was watching, you know, YouTube and seeing like top 10 time travel <laughs> yeah. things. And these were two that I heard. And then one turned out to be just an urban legend thing, which I just found out was kind of depressing, but we've talked about stuff about urban legends and stuff like that on here before too. So, and Sean reminded right. me of that. So, um, the first one, um, is the time travel time traveler busted for insider trading, which is pretty <laughs> crazy. So in 2003, in New York, obviously, there was a guy um, that uh, let's see, his name is uh, I can't Andrew Cor- Corlson, I guess. He claims he was from the year twenty two fifty six, and basically he went in and did a bunch of insider trading. He went in with the investment of only eight hundred dollars in two weeks. Then he had uh, in about two weeks he had a portfolio valued at over three hundred fifty million dollars. Every trade he made capitalized on unexpected business developments, which simply can't be pure luck. Like every single one. There was not uh-huh. one that was a misfire. Every single one. The only way he wow. could – they said the only way he could pull it off is with illegal insider information. He's going to sit uh-huh. in a jail cell on Rikers Island until he agrees to give up his sources. Fortunately, back in 2003, the only primary news source for internet – a lot of internet users was Yahoo Yahoo News, which is crazy because, like, now we look at Yahoo as like this joke. Um, And it was like under the heading of entertainment news and gossip. So, like, everybody thought it was like just some bullshit, you know? Right. um, So, basically, the FBI got involved, U.S. Secretary and Exchange Commission. They were just flooded with like all these people were like hitting them up journalists, uh, nerds, like business dudes. Like, they were like wanting to know more about the story. Yeah, and they were kind of like, "Look, the story's pure fantasy. It's just like the Elvis shrine found on Mars. There's no, there's no, there's nothing to this." Yeah. Um, then uh, the Edinburgh Evening News noted, every, "Even a non-time traveler could have told him that per, that profiting from 126 consecutive high-risk trades over two weeks was sure to get him noticed." Said, mm-hmm. the, said the Guardian. 
A handful of others pointed out that any time traveler with half a brain would not bother popping back to 2003 just when the stock market is in free fall and, every, and anyone who actually makes any money at all would be stick out like a 25-foot tall green alien with two heads. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Then where, cool. this, where this gets crazy is – scroll down. It says – uh, in a follow-up article on the uh, April 29, 2003 issue of the Weekly World, reported that the mysterious time traveler uh, traveling Andrew Carlson, I think that's how his name is, is spelled, had been bailed out by an unidentified benefactor who pointed mm-hmm. who pointed up a hundred or one million dollars for his bail. Then, at uh, at a hotel was his last known his last known um, place to be. Uh, he jumped the bail, jumped the bail on April third. Uh, he had a court hearing, and he jumped that, and he disappeared without a trace. And no one's ever seen him, seen his face, heard his name, or anything ever again. Huh. So that's pretty weird. I think. I've but. heard that story before, and it's it's pretty much like word for word what you just said. And I always think that's like wicked interesting, man. Yeah. Like, could the dude just be that lucky? Or, you know, or was there more, was there more to it? Like, you know, like in Back to the Future 2, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, <laughs> Biff, um, Biff Tannen, you know, he gets the al- the almanac and then he goes back, does all this like bets on the right things, games, like just over the course of a lot of time becomes the richest man in the world and then he, you know, mm-hmm. everything goes nuts. Um, so, you know, like that, I, I'm not gonna lie, that's what I would, I would do something like that. Yeah, not sure. not to stick out, but like I mean, just just something so simple, like um, where it's simple to us, but like uh, I don't know, like invent something that that changes the world, and you know, you're always going to be set for life. You know, that's Look, what. Yeah, I'd probably start up the uh, Harry Shaving Company and sell razors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd probably go sell Lularoe. Oh God! <laughs> no, I'd probably start Cincy. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'd honestly fucking do is go back in time and sell pop vinyls in the 70s. <laughs> See how far that fucking wave would ride. Right. Man. Okay, so uh, to talk about you know time travelers real quick, the one that always got me is the one – Preston, was it Charlie Chaplin? Was it a Charlie Chaplin movie? You know what I'm talking Charlie about? Movie. Uh, yeah. um, there's a time traveler supposedly caught – on a 1928 Charlie Chaplin film. And if you just go to YouTube, I didn't prepare for it, so I don't have it, but go to YouTube and just type in Time Traveler Charlie Chan or Charlie Chan Time Traveler. Ooh, this is synchronicity because Charlie Chan had that classic Hitler mustache too. Guys, I'm starting to think somebody went back in time and put this story together because we've already had Catherine Heigl coincidences and Hitler mustache coincidences. But, um, yeah, basically there's a scene in this movie where if you watch um, a woman or maybe a man walks by in a long black coat, um, she's walking on the street and she holds something small and black up to her ears. And the knuckles, it's noted, are bent in the flat shape of an, a phone, like a, a small cell phone. And it's not like your old school, like, ear trumpet, you know, sound amplifier. Like they say, just, you know, judging by her her movements and the way her hands are being held. It's almost like um, a, a pantomime of somebody holding a cell phone to their ear. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's these stories fascinate me, Steve, about potentially seeing uh, time travelers. I think it's really fucking cool. So the other one um, was about a dude named Rudolph Fence. And mm-hmm. 
I guess it's a focal character of a story, like I said, a science fiction story in 1952, mm-hmm. which is related, later reported as an urban legend, like I said. But uh, it tells a story about a 19th century looking young man possessing items of a period who is found confused in the middle of 1951 Times Square. So basically, picture this guy dressed in 19th century looking clothes, very like not like dusty, like perfect, like really good looking clothes. Um, and then he's like, no one sees like, obviously not everybody's like, just paying attention to this one dude at the, at the moment. But the story tells of people seeing him and like not seeing where he came from. Did he come out of the store? He just was kind of there and he was so like in shock, you know, like when you see something and you like, don't pay attention to anything around you. Cause you're just so like bewildered by, by the sights. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that was what this guy was doing. So he's like looking around, like looking at all the buildings and just taking it all in, in times square. And he isn't watching where he's going. And he's like looking around up in the sky at the skyscrapers and shit and gets hit by a taxi and dies. Um, and then, yeah. yeah. Right. And then, um, it became like a really popular urban legend in the, in the seventies, I guess. And then with this widespread internet, uh, or the internet in the nineties, it became like, um, this like big blown up story. And that's why, like when you watch stuff on YouTube, people won't even mention that it's an urban legend. Uh-huh. And stuff like that. Uh, but the story goes that uh, after he was hit by the taxi, they took him in um, the, uh, in the morgue. You know, they do like the whole autopsy, take person's possessions. Uh, they searched his body and found the following items in his pockets. A copper token for a beer worth five cents bearing mm-hmm. the name of a saloon, which was unknown even to the older residents of the area. A bill for the care of a horse and washing of a carriage drawn by a livery stable on Lexington Avenue that was not listed in any address book. About $70 in old banknotes. Business cards with the name Rudolph Fence and an address on Fifth Avenue. A letter sent to this address in June 1876 from Philadelphia. And none of these objects showed sign of aging. So they were like perfectly like like it just was came out of that, that time period. (laughs) <laughs> and um, and he also had like a medal for coming third in a three legged race. Which, oh, like wow. what? <laughs> like does that so mean like, each leg came in first? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they go. Uh, you know, the the story goes on to talk about like how they try to track down like any kind of like fence, uh, F E N T Z, anywhere else in in New York during the time. They try tracing uh-huh. it back. Contacted the bank, tried to do a little tracing in there. And then, like, so basically this story was written in 1952 as, like, just a short science fiction story by Jack Finney. And then it just blew up and, like, just became this, like, urban legend. Oh, like, wow. Like, I think that shit's cool. Like, imagine writing a story like that back in 1952 and oh, yeah. then knowing that, like, <laughs> it sprawled this thing people are still talking about today. <laughs> I think that's cool as shit. Like, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I uh, I've got one. I'm going to prove once and for all this episode is meant to be, and there's a deep synchronicity going on because I went to Mental Floss and picked like the top 10 time travelers debunked. And John Krasinski is listed to be a time traveler or a vampire. Really? Yeah, I sent you guys the picture. It says, could Jim from the office be a time traveler or a vampire? When an 1835 portrait painted by Danish artist Kristen, um, I believe it's Kobke. Oh, I've seen the, I've seen these things. Was noted to bear a striking resemblance to actor John Krasinski. The story went viral. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen that. They also have one for who's uh, Paul Rudd. Um, 
They had like, oh yeah, a bunch of them things. That's hilarious. Oh, that's funny, man. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, it's a third fucking coincidence that we have. Uh, you, you know, there's one time traveler that we haven't talked about uh-huh. that will actually segue into something that we were going to talk about in the beginning of the show and that that we're talking at the end of the show. Uh-oh. And that's John Teeter, who made his first appearance on Coast to Coast AM. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Teeter. I forgot all about John Teeter. Yeah. We've talked about him a little bit we have. Um, in the past. But yeah, um, I suppose that's a good time to get into our news statement. And uh, nice segue, Preston. Yeah. Man, look at us. It's like we've done this before. Stepping it up. Enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. First news article of the night. Um, it is with heavy hearts and heavy heads that we say... Rest in peace to you, Art Bell, from coast to coast. Unfortunately, Art Bell did pass away just a couple of days ago, and that's a that's a pretty big blow to the paranormal um, community and also radio as a whole, man. Um, Art Bell is a radio host best known, of course, for uh, Coast to Coast. If you were a remote, if you're remotely a nerd or in the paranormal universe stuff, yeah, you probably caught an episode or two of Coast to Coast, or maybe maybe you didn't give two shits about it and you didn't seek it out, but you were a truck driver, you know, driving across the country, or it was a long car ride home, or like, you know, whatever. This was a famous radio show, uh, still going on today, I believe, but Art Bell, man, was the driving force behind it on KNYEFM Coast to Coast Radio. Yeah, dude would talk about all sorts of just cockamamie, crazy shit, abduction stories, shadow people, UFOs. Um, we sh- we might do an episode someday about coast to coast stories. It'd be a podcast doing a stories about a podcast, essentially. But Inception. Yeah, it. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, man, that's a bummer. We're losing all the the heavy hitters, man. Stephen Hawking is now Art Bell. I think that's enough. I think we've we've taken enough this year. Death, maybe. Yeah. Throw us a couple bones here, but. Right. Yep. I mean, a dude that had a fascination with the afterlife is now probably getting all the answers. But yeah, they say he peacefully slipped into the next world and uh, didn't suffer. So yeah, rest in peace, man. Thanks for doing what you did. Yeah. Thanks for inspiring us. I mean, I'd like to say that uh, somewhere in the back of my head, he inspired me. I mean, if, if he can talk about it, it makes it okay to talk about it, you know, on the air. And, yeah. and here we are, dude. dude. Words. There you go. Uh, Steve, did you have news? Uh, yes, I did. Actually, um, on March 25th, so not too long ago, it was on a Sunday, <laughs> and Hannah, Han, San Jose, California, uh, apparently, there was some kind of crazy phenomenon where uh, illuminated objects move across the sky from left to right real briefly. And then about a couple seconds later, a big burst of a bright flash happens. And oh. it wasn't just a flash of light, but it was also very powerful. Um, like it, it jolted everything. Like it just jerked. Like it set car, car's alarms off. Mm-hmm. It um, rattled windows, stuff like that. Um, and there's like videos of it. If you look at it, there's type in San Jose um, mystery boom. And yeah. It seems seems pretty crazy. A lot of people thought it was a transformer at first, but then they were like, no, it wasn't. Uh, like Optimus Prime. Yeah. Uh, the FAA says that 
They could only say that it did not appear to be part of an, any aircraft operation. A similar, a similar, a similar aerial <laughs> explosion a few weeks ago that occurred <laughs> over Washington <laughs> State was blamed on a bolide meteor bursting in the Earth's atmosphere. But so far, the event in San Jose remains unexplained. Oh, wow. So it looks pretty crazy. You should watch the video. Somebody's uh, surveillance system on their house caught it really well. And oh, wow. you can see the the lights go to the left, to the right real quick, and they disappear. And then a couple seconds after that, just this big ball of light. And then uh, you can see like the camera jerk a little bit from the vibration. So Oh, yeah, yeah, the shockwave or whatever. Oh, it would be, be so weird to see that, like uh, see something yeah. like that. I mean, there's been stories for the last three or four years about mystery booms, you know, happening, sonic booms and shit, especially in the UK, and mysterious, like, droning trumpets and grinding metallic noises going on, and no one can quite really explain it. And you've got all sorts of different explanations from simply, like, the tectonic plate shifting, and then all sorts of crazy ideas of just, uh, the earth settling or, you know, pockets of gas erupting or whatever. But that's interesting. It's still going on. And especially with the, the blast of light you just talked about. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say that it's not unsolved and we possibly answered it <clears throat> on the tonight's show and it's uh, time traveling Nazis. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Man, the other night we were, uh, we were going somewhere around nine or 10 o'clock at night and it was, um, Probably in the last two weeks, it was pretty overcast outside and heavy, heavy uh, cloud coverage. And I saw a light come upwards, like go upwards at an angle and then split in like four or five different lights going different directions. And Shayla didn't see it. And I don't know what it was. I'm going to attribute it to most likely a searchlight from one of these local businesses. And the light probably shot. I, I probably caught it as it was like making us rotation. And then it probably hit something else and caused it to, you know, disperse in different directions because it's obstructed by another object. It could have hit a plane and gone different directions because of all the moisture in the atmosphere. But it sure was ne- uh, neat. And it was enough for me to say, what the fuck was that out loud? Right. Which doesn't happen very often, folks. Just kidding. That shit happens like every day. <laughs> <laughs> there's a ghost in my house no wait it's my dog <laughs> oh my dog farted um so speaking of making another boom or perhaps just a pop on a bit of uh, fun lighthearted news pop vinyl or rather funko the people behind pop vinyls and a lot of other great you know vinyl toys for pop culture has announced this summer they will be making actual cereal themed by some of our favorite pop vinyl toys. Each box will cost about $7.99 to buy. It will be a flavored cereal themed after the actual mini pop vinyl figure inside, such as Freddy Krueger, Cuphead, Elvira, and Beetlejuice. Ooh. I'm down on that Beetlejuice. Yeah. I'm down for the Freddy. Boom, shakalaka. And I, I'll go Cuphead. Um, no, I'm going to change mine here in a minute. Okay, so they said one of the fun things is we are about to release our own line of cereal. We all got the cool licenses like He-Man, Wonder Woman, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Freddy Krueger, and also our very own mascot, Freddy Funko, among others. 
We start shipping out to stores in June, and we have already set up pre-sales to the actual retailers. Um, we used to watch cartoons on Saturday morning, and while I was eating cereal, I was watching the cartoons. So, yeah, I call it dibs on He-Man then if we're doing that, like a bunch of children. Yeah. But here's the cool thing about it, man, and Steve, you're going to dig this. I don't know if every single milk will respond this way, but a lot of the milk are uh, milk. <laughs> a lot of milk will respond to your cereal. So Beetlejuice, the milk will turn into a slimy green color, wow. and Freddy Freddy Krueger, the milk will turn blood red. That's Ooh, that's, that's pretty legit, man. I dig it. So um, the only irony here is, I mean, they're eight bucks per box, but again, you're getting a mini pop vinyl based off of the cover art of the cereal. Eight dollars, and they're only going to be sold in places like FYE and other, um, you know, pop culture retailers. So I'm going to assume like GameStop may have them and, and FYE. Better pre-order them. Hot topic. I, yeah, Hot Topic. Yeah, I almost said Suncoast, but that's not in there. Because if you don't, you're not, you're not going to get them. Oh, for sure, dude. People yeah. are going to buy that shit and sell it on eBay. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, like the whole It thing. Like I get so pissed at their little... We got the new it it coming out. You know, it's before they release. They already released now, but it's like oh, we got yeah. the new it season or the it version two pop vinyl dolls, and it's like yeah. you didn't even make the first ones available anywhere. Like we waited yep. and waited, and it's like I don't know. This stuff yeah. gets me excited, but it's one of them things. It's like I'd love to have that, and if I was in the right place at the right time, I'd buy it. But you ain't gonna get one. Nah, nah. Yeah, and, unless you're pre-ordering it, that's it. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I would dig on that uh, that Cuphead one because I I don't buy many more of the pop vinyls anymore, but I did um, I did buy the Cuphead pop vinyl because I wanted something physical for Cuphead. And the cereal you get for Cuphead has a miniature pop vinyl of the devil character, mm-hmm. which would be kind of cool to have because he's one of the highly sought-after pieces of memorabilia, apparently. I don't know. But all right, cool. Well, damn boy, Satanists. is that What's that? The damn Satanists. Damn Satanist. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, just kidding. We love everybody except for Hitler. Um, yeah, there we go. A backwards show, man. We started with, uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. It's the theme. Um, you guys got anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Yeah. Um, you can check out my podcast, Oh Indeed. It's four H's. We haven't released an episode in a while. Hopefully going to be doing one soon. Nice. Um, and you can check me out. I play a lot of video games, so you can check me out on Xbox. B-I-G space S-T-3-P-H-3-N. Check me out on there. We pretty much game almost every night, or at least party yeah. chat. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you guys on there playing with us, too. Oh, yeah. Presto, what do you got for me? Uh, not a damn thing. Ooh, Sports Car Unleashed. Go listen to it Ooh. because Sean never has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen to me, listen to it, and then tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> Make a podcast where you review every episode of Sports Car Unleashed, and I will be your subscriber. Um, yeah, check out, speaking of our family of podcasts and our friends, check out Mark's solo cast, Pixelated Sausage. Mark is one of our... Uh, Basically, the man behind the curtain, and uh, he's got a solo cast. He reviews all sorts of great stuff that he does. He reads, he plays, he watches. So check him out, The Voice of an Angel. And a a big shout-out on this episode to Mr. Gracie. Preston, what do you call him when you guys wear your funny hats? Oh, I I call him Worshipful Master. Just you call him that? Nobody else does, or do you all call him that? We all have to call him that. You all have to call him that because it's a cult? No. 
<laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, baby. Um, Worshipful Master Gracie, as Preston calls you, sir, thank you very much uh, for everything that you've written in, that you've thought about, that you've taken the time to uh, send into us, dude. We really appreciate that. Thank you very much, man. I've got a shout out. Um, and we'll do it. Shout it out. Shout out to you for uh, all the hard work you did on the last episode. There was kind of a, <laughs> kind of yeah. a mess up on that. and you were Labor of love. You were a little heated. Yeah. You uh, got it all fixed and good to go. Yeah, I, I like doing a, a soft edit a hard edit on these shows because essentially it's three people, sometimes four talking over each other. And I like to do an edit. So it's more, uh, you know, tolerable and you can actually hear it. And I spent three hours editing that last show together. And just for it to basically delete all of Steven and all of Rob. And then somehow it retroactively oversaved my save. And I had to edit the entire show from scratch a second time. That's crazy. Cause I was yeah. like, I told you, I was like, dude, it could be a lost episode. You mm-hmm, edit mm-hmm. it when you get time, and you're like, no, I got this. Yeah, I got sure it. Sure enough, you got this. <laughs> I, I got this. Yeah, record time to blew yeah. through that episode. But yeah, it's and, labor of love. And the moral of that story is don't take Rob out of the retirement. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right. Oh, man. Yeah, some stuff made it through that episode that normally I would edit. They got a little, you know, some political jabs. I don't like to put too many of those in there. Right. Either side, but uh, yeah, it's good, man. It's fun. Um, I enjoyed it, and it was a labor of love, man. We loved doing the show, and I love we we loved having Rob on there, and I didn't want to didn't want to lose that or just you can begrudge it. Also, a new shout out for everybody: you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, which we've not made any posts just yet, <laughs> but we will right. with the new episode. Uh, you can check us out on there on P X L P A R A. N O R M A L. So there you go. Pixel Paranormal. Boom. Oh yeah, check it out. Yeah. We're kinda we're coming up on our two years and we're gonna start kind of revamping some things and we're gonna that Instagram account will be active probably within the next two or three episodes, right around our two year anniversary. Um we want to use Instagram as kind of like a photo companion. So when we talk about stuff on the episode photos, we can send screenshots over to Instagram and you can jump on there. And you can actually, you know, kind of see what we're talking about. Kind of a show notes, visual compendium. And then Twitter, of course, man, everybody's still on Twitter. And it, we, we want one. We had one. We never used it. And somebody forgot the password to it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have an active one of those as well. So, yeah, hitting, hitting the sosh a little bit harder now. That's going to be good stuff. And then we've got some more listener comments coming um, in the future. I've got a couple guys who have chatted a little bit about some cattle mutilation stuff. So we're going to get that put together and bring that up um, probably maybe around the next episode might bring that up. Because I think we're going to finish up with old Chuck uh, Zakowski on our next episode. But yeah, with that, guys, you know the usual. You got a beard. You want a beard. You know a beard. Or you just like them. Go check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com. He supplies our beards with the freshest of the fresh. And use our promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your entire order. He's got sweet balms. He's got oils. He's got sometimes combs, uh, soap, all sorts of great stuff. The dude is always perfecting his craft every single day, so it just keeps getting better. But, yeah, check him out, BigDobsBeardBomb.com, and use our promo code PXLPARA. And uh, get 20% off that first order and probably your second and your third. I don't know. As many times as you order, I'd imagine. Yep. That'd be awesome. It's, it's good lot, stuff. Yeah. I just, I uh, I don't use mine every day, which I should. 
Yeah. But I just I just used and that stuff goes for a long time. It goes yeah, a long it way. It's crazy. Last you a long so time. I just used the last of that sweet tobacco today, and I got like two compliments on Ooh. the way that smelled. Hell yeah, so, dude. I was rocking sweet tobacco today myself. Just smells so good. I still got to get that. I'm still rocking classic. Yeah. Dude, ain't nothing wrong with that. I've got a classic left over, and I'll go two or three weeks without using it, and then I'll pop some on and be like, oh, God, it's like coming home again. The old familiar. <laughs> oh, we could gush for hours. Um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening, and thank you guys for all of your uh, your support and uh, for being here. And also for those of, you know, for people who have written into us and commented and sent us their thoughts, um, thanks for that. We're going to start getting even deeper into some of that, and uh, we're going to have another new Facebook page as well. We're going to launch kind of like a public forum for the podcast. Uh, when we first launched all that, it got a bit uh, discombobulated there because we had a lot of different pages and no one really moderating them. So we're going to get that going too. And also, if you have stories, send them in, listener stories. Email us, email pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Listener stories, email me personally, Facebook us individually. I just signed you guys up for that. Yes, I did. Um, yeah, send us in, man. If you guys know one of us and you're embarrassed to give us your name, just email us individually. Email the show email. We can leave you anonymous. Just tell us. Please leave us anonymously. And we've got a, a call line that I need to get. I need to get with Mark. We have a phone number to leave voicemails. He did mention we had a voicemail recently, but I think it was accidentally deleted. So if you're still listening, we got it. We appreciate your kind words. And um, yes. Thank you guys again for listening. Um, thank you again to Mr. Gracie. Sure appreciate you, dude. And um, we will catch all of you guys next time around. Oh, yeah. Peace. Later. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Get Out was a massive, massive six. Massive success. I don't know if every single milk will respond this way, but a lot of the milk are uh, milk. <laughs> Use your words. <laughs> a similar, a similar, a similar.